Amen. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> um, well, good morning, church. How are we? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, I've actually asked Bo, before I jump into my slide, to leave that, that PowerPoint slide up there from, from our church this morning. And the reason why is, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's actually our vision for this year, that, um, that we would be following Jesus, that we would come and follow him. And there's a whole heap of things to unpack in that. But central to what we're doing this year is that we as a church are following his lead. And um, that has a big bearing on what I want to share this morning. So if you want to flick across to my next slide, Bo, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, Hearing from God is kind of important if we're going to follow God, don't you think? I think it's really important. And um, for me, interestingly enough, this past 12 months has been a bit of a journey around that. And um, when we were preparing, and I say we, um, my lovely wife, Lorraine, we're team teaching this, except she just doesn't want to get up on the microphone because she just starts crying. Um, it's one of the wonderful gifts that she has of the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm probably chucking you in the hole and I'll be in trouble later, but she's a bit embarrassed about that and thinks that you might not be able to hear or understand her. So this is our team teaching to you, but I'm the lucky deliverer up front. Um, probably a bit like Moses and Aaron, I guess, um, in some ways. Um, and it's wonderful doing this with her. Um, but the topic is all about hearing from God, and it's based on a little bit of my journey from the last 12 months, but also during that journey, a number of people in a dilemma or in a spot where they're just wanting to know what God's saying to them in their lives. And I think... I could say this confidently, there would probably not be a person in this room that at some point has gone, God, what are you saying? And if you look at the Bible, it's littered with people asking God to tell them things from one one end to the other. So today we thought we'd have a crack at unpacking some of the ways that you can hear from God. And I say some because I know there's many, and even this morning I've remembered another one, but I'm going to do seven today. I think it's a good number, so we'll stick with seven. Um... I might see if I can get my mouse working up here. There we go. Righto. Good stuff. Thanks, Bo. Nailed it. Alrighty. So, I believe God is speaking today, and I hope that you do too. My question is, can you hear him? I love the way Proverbs unpacks this. You know, we have to learn how to listen to him. And... um. A wonderful post and blog just recently this week by a good friend of mine over in Bethel, Matthew Challoner, actually had these three points to say. We have to learn how to listen to him if we're going to follow God. If he's going to lead us, we have to listen to learn to listen to him. The second part to this is when we hear him, we need to actually take the risk that we actually heard him and do something about that. You know, um, it, it is a risk. It's always a risk. And then practice, because you are going to get it wrong. And you've got to do it again and again and again and keep doing it. Don't give up. Keep trying. And so I found that this piece of scripture was really encouraging for me. You see, if we're going to trust God and we're going to take those risks, we need to know exactly what Proverbs is saying there. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. You get that bit on your own. We often try to do that too often. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. 
if, you've, if you're the sort of person that's taking notes, underline that everywhere you go bit. I know I get this so, so wrong so often myself. Here's the one that will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Often a trap we run in, fall into. Run to God, run from evil. Your body will glow with health. How's this last bit? I reckon this last bit is so awesome. I've taken it from the message because I found it pretty rich. I like the way it says it. Your very bones will vibrate with life. How good is that? How good is that? So someone who is listening to God and following him is keeping up with what Jesus is doing in their everyday will have this bit where people will notice there's something different about you. And I bet you any money that people have said to you at some point in time, if you're just keeping close to what God's doing, they're going, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is, but there's something different about you. The moment you start to unpack that, they start to get a bit scared, and sometimes we're scared to unpack that for them. But I bet you any money, if you are doing, as Proverbs talks about there, you are having an impact into whichever spiritual dimension you physically walk into. It's just part of who we are. It's pretty powerful. So I just want to recap that from this slide. Got to learn how to listen. Got to take those risks and keep on taking them. Keep on trying. It's hard. It is hard. I could almost guarantee you in this room right now there's a pile of people on their mobile phone. Guarantee it. One, two, oh, not, not you this time, Trent, but I bet you any money there is because <laughs> that first slide there, we live in this busy, hectic world, and I tell you what, those phones, I am guilty of this, they engage me too much. They engage me far too often. And um, I guess where I want to challenge you this morning is if you can, unplug yourself from the phone, put it to the side. Now, if you're a person who takes notes on your phone, just take notes on your phone, cool, go for it. But if it's anything else like Facebook or, I don't know, for me it might be Candy Crush. Um, whatever it is that is that distracts you from hearing from God, I want to just ask you to take that to the side. You know, it might not be your mobile phone. But there's so many things that take us to the side and away from God's time. You know, it could be the sporting commitments that your kids are involved in. Or it could be just the club commitments, like the ones that they get involved in with me at school. It could be your workplace, it could be TV, YouTube, or maybe those wonderful live streaming binge shows that you can then watch 50 episodes in a row doing that I see people posting on Facebook lots. Okay, all of these things keep us busy. I know they do because I'm guilty of it. Guilty of it where I'll do those things and then realize I've forgotten to spend some time with God. For me, um, I was actually addicted to Candy Crush. I, 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 I'm, I'm confessing to you right now. It's true. It's a very manly game. I'd sip my latte and enjoy a game of Candy Crush morning, noon, night, and every spare second I had and filled my life with it, actually. I've actually deleted it from my phone. I don't have it anymore. I am free. I am a... You! Yes! Free from Candy Crush. I'd finished every level and I would wait for the next one to turn up. Nuts. What an achievement in life. Bo actually did some statistics for me and told me how many hours I'd spent on it. What was it? Can you remember, Bo? It was a lot. Can I tell you? In the thousands of hours 
that I'd spent. If you just did an average per round that I had done, I was in the thousands of hours. What a waste of complete time. I know that you all have little things like me, and I share this one not to have totally a go at myself, but to say, well, I'm not perfect, but I think if you're honest with yourself, and if you asked Jesus right now to highlight something in your life, I bet you he already has that you waste time on. I know he has. Um, we're all guilty of it. Um, you know, it's human nature, I guess. I love this scripture here that Paul wrote, Romans. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. Candy Crush is a sin language. It's speaking nothing into my life whatsoever at all. It's a distraction of the enemy, and I got distracted and sidetracked. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. That's if we're listening to God. He will speak straight into our hearts and our minds and our souls. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did, and we celebrated that so awesomely this morning, what Jesus did for us. And then the psalmist, David, who, <laughs> I love David. He is a man of emotions, up and down. And I think he really struggled with this exact statement, be still and know that I am God. The hardest thing I find myself is actually staying still long enough for God to speak to me. I, I like to be involved and active and doing a lot of things, which is why I probably like a game like Candy Crush, because it actually makes me sit still while I play it. doesn't mean it's healthy for me. I think David had the same problem. If you get one thing out of what we, what we bring to you this morning, what God wants to say to you this morning, is that verse there. Be still. It is so hard to do in our hectic, busy world with everything that goes on. And then this last one, Joshua 3 verse 5, is a really big one. And there's, there's a person, I'll read, it, I'll read it with you up on the screen there. Then Joshua addresses the people, sanctify yourselves, tomorrow God will work miracle wonders among you. Now, I don't want to get religious I really don't, especially if you've been doing this, the Bible read reading thing we're doing um, that Karen and Trent have set up, where we're all reading together through a Bible plan on the app. It's just Karen, no Trent. And um, we've just read Leviticus, and it was pretty religious, you know, lots of rules and regulations, right? And um, all I could say at the end of that was, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. You know, we don't have to go and sacrifice bulls and cows and goats and birds and whatever it else it is and the things that we no longer have to do. But can I tell you, God still calls our heart. And the word is consecrated. He wants us to set aside part of our life for him. In fact, he'd like us to set aside the whole life. And everything we do, whether it be coming in through our eyes, whether it be coming in through our mouths, our ears, whatever it is that's food into our soul. So I guess the warning in that is watch what you're eating with your soul, whether it be food, what you see, what you hear, what you get yourselves involved in, will have a direct result on how your body can then get itself in a place, your mind, body, soul can get yourself in a place of hearing from God. Um, I just want to highlight this man here, Smith Wigglesworth. Now, there's a lot of people who do not like Smith Wigglesworth, but I've got to tell you, this bloke had consecrated down pat. Oh my gosh, did he have it down pat. To the point where, 
people would just come to know the Lord and he wouldn't even say anything. That's how powerful the presence was around him because he just loved God so much. Everything he did was focused on God. People would go visit him for a prayer session and have to crawl out of the room. The power of God was so strong. Just amazing. The testimonies of his life just blow me away. One of the ones that I wanted to share with you this morning was he used to sit in his old age, he'd sit at the top of the stairs in one of the parks. So people would climb to the top of the stairs and naturally as they climbed a big set of stairs, they would sit down at the park bench that he was on just to catch their breath. And the amount of relationships that he restored with God just by sitting on that park bench and being a presence there was unbelievable. Just the presence. He was consecrated. He didn't even read the newspaper. He did not want the evil of the world to soak into his life. Just, anyway, I'll stop it. All right, so number one. My number one point is God speaks through his word. And I've got to tell you, if you missed Tavia's message like about a month ago, I think it was about a month, maybe six weeks ago. Oh my goodness, that lady unpacked how important God's word is. And if you missed it, please go on SoundCloud, go back and listen to it. You might need to listen to it four or five times. She spoke so fast. She unpacked why God's word is so powerful. But if you want to hear from God, God's word is the first place. Now, please filter that with me being a Baptist boy. I grew up a Baptist and you know what? It is like the main thing in the Baptist church circles. I'm thankful for that growing up in the Baptist dream because I do have a deep and strong grounding in the Word of God. Really, really appreciate it. You can see there what Billy Graham has to say. I think he's kind of famous to everybody. I'm pretty sure Billy Graham is, even in, in the vineyard stream. The Word of God hidden in the heart is a stubborn voice to suppress. And I just want to share a little bit about my story from last year. Um, whatever the reason, I'm not sure, it could be because I'm fighting middle age, slightly starting to get slowly older and dealing with that. It could be because I was so busy with everything that I was doing here at church and it's work with school that I was burning out. I'm not sure, to be honest, but I felt incredibly depressed last year. Really hard to deal with, you know, as a Christian, you know that God loves you and you have no reason to feel depressed. But either way, I felt depressed last year, went and got some help and sought some people out and removed a few things from my life so that I could slow down enough. But I've got to say that the Word of God is where I landed. And I'm really thankful for that underpinning of the Word of God in my life and that I know the Scriptures well enough that when, you know, that I don't know how many of you have walked through depression and how deep you've walked through with that but to have that as a grounding that when the enemy is yelling at you all sorts of things that are just not of God I can go back with the things of God because I know the word of God it's in my heart I've learned it it was a very powerful time for me to I guess realize that God's got my back and I am hearing from him even though I physically couldn't hear from him, if that makes sense. I couldn't hear him telling me little things, but I could just go back to his scripture and that kept speaking over me, even though I was not actually physically engaged with reading his word. That's kind of how I felt like I came back out of the, out of the pit of depression last year. Um, the next one there, Psalm. And I, there's a, I like that 
Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. So often I hear people asking me questions um, about what God might want to do, and it's actually just pretty answerable if you know the Bible, if you know it enough and you're reading it. And um, I love the way Matt Challoner talks about... <laughs> he, he talks about the... Um, if you can go back in your Bible... And if you're one of those people who likes to highlight and underline things, okay, the Word of God helps us now, our supernatural highlighter. But you can go back and look at those and remember the things that God has spoken to you over a period of time. You might take notes in your Bible. Those old Bibles, they're precious. Um, I, I kind of, the, the digital Bibles, I'm still not comfortable with the digital Bible. I've got to be honest with you, I'm not comfortable with it. It's handy because it's always in my pocket. But when I really want to get deep with God, the digital Bible doesn't cut it. Um, having those notes and those things there. Um, it's God speaking to me in the now, where I am right now, undefutable Word of God right there. If you want more on why we think it's the Word of God, Tavia, go back to hers. I don't want to unpack that too much, but I really do want to encourage you, if you, if you want to, get along and be part of, it's called an epic 2017 Bible pilgrimage. Did I get it right? Sweet. So you can see me, you can see any, I mean, my wife's on it, I think, I know you are, Karen. There's a number of us in here. I know um, Neil is. Yep, Jude is. So get onto that. There's some really great conversation because I might be like, oh, that was such a boring piece of word from God today. And then someone else will just unpack all of these gems. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Um, So we're just seeing things in a different way, sharing it on a daily basis. And sometimes I'm three or four days behind and have to catch up, but it's still really fun to do it. All right. Keep it on moving along. Number two, God speaks through family. And um, this one's a big one for me. And I'm currently not plugged into family myself other than Sunday church. And it is a challenge that I need to, we as a couple need to fix up in our lives. You see, we're pretty busy still, even though I've dropped things. And um, if you read that Acts 2 verse there, it is really, really powerful. There's some things in there we do not do. But that is the early church. That's how the early church looked on a daily basis. Have a look at some of the things that they do there. Daily they broke bread and prayed together. Everyone was filled at awe. Underline wonders and signs. Wonders and signs were happening daily. This is not Old Testament stuff, you know. Daily this was happening. It's very cool. All right. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. People sold things to help other people out. Wow. Okay, that's how the church happened. Okay, every day they met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. How hard is it to not hear from God if you're meeting together lots, yeah? When you're with family, family share things. They talk to you, they encourage you, and you just have a focus. It was like church this morning. But if you're only doing it once a week and then you miss a few because it might be too hot or whatever's going on, there might be a sporting game or whatever, you're missing out. And so for me, one of the challenges this year is to get into a small group, kinship group, we call them here, okay, on a weekly basis or fortnightly, and trying to fit that in for us is a challenge. But I know it's one that we need to be accountable for, so guys, you can ask me this year, how are you going to getting that happening for you in your life, Corey? It's all right, see how I go. Um, I know you guys would love to hear that, but we would love it if every single person in this church was plugged into some form of small group. And I guess I'd ask the question, as I've been asking myself, when I say to the Lord, I say, Lord, I'm too busy, I don't know how to fit it in. He says, what, you're too busy for me? 
That's his response to me. Why? You're too busy for me, Corey. Are those things that important that you don't need to spend time in fellowship with, with your family? Um, it is one of our main places where our corporate growth comes from as a church. I've got to tell you. And um, if you're not in a small group, you're kind of looking at Kirk and Nick as your small group leaders, and they're not. They're actually not. That's not their role. It's not their job. Plug yourself in. Plug yourself in. It's not Kirk and Nick's job to feed you every week either. I'm going to say that. I'm going to be bold and say that. If you think it's Kirk and Nick's job to feed you every week, it's not going to happen. Okay? Plug yourself in and be a part of feeding each other. All right. Moving on. God speaks through nature. Anybody out here like nature and really feel that God zones in with it? It's one of my favorites. I've got to tell you, there's a couple of you in here. Excellent. Um, <laughs> how good does this psalm read? I just love it. I'm one of those nature freaks. I'm sorry. I will not be backward in telling you that. And I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all of the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. Oh. It just sums it up so well. I don't know. I can't go out into nature. I cannot watch a sun come up or a sunset without just raising my hands and praising God and becoming very intimate with him. It, it just astounds me. But I want to take it back to before I became a Christian. You see, um, I, was, I was booted out of home as a 13-year-old boy and um, went to live at a halfway house at, at Bald Hills, actually, quite locally here. And, and um, actually, Nikki Brown used to work there for a while and was awesome at it as well. But um, the, the, the house parents that used to live there at the time had 100-odd acres out at Ipswich. And every Friday night, they'd load us up in their van with a backpack full of food and they would drop us at the front gate and tell us to go wild for a weekend now as a homeless boy growing up in the city that was a bit weird all right um but i used to just climb to the top it was on on the side of a mountain basically and i'd climb to the top pitch my little hoochie um piece of plastic really and lie under it and watch the stars and if you've ever watched the stars from a dark place they are amazing. And God was speaking to me back then. That is my first memories of God. And going, there's got to be more than this crappy life. Because I was a pretty angry young man. I was actually very angry. And he spoke directly into my heart, which is why I think I have this thing with nature. That was, that was God witnessing to me without man having to say a word. Because a man would not have cut it. He overwhelmed me with his amazing creation. Can I suggest you take time, if you are a creation lover, take some time out in your week, ditch the phone, don't need to take a photo, I'm guilty of that one, okay, and just plug into what God's saying to you with his beauty around you, okay, take a notepad and a real Bible if you want to, but just go and plug into that, and um, wow, I think if you find you can get half an hour, an hour a week with that, you'll find your week will become a lot more knowledgeable with where he's at. All right. Number four. Getting there. 
God speaks through dreams. Actually, this is, this is my wife's dot point. He doesn't speak to me through dreams. Um, I, I've asked people to pray for me that he'd speak to me through dreams. I've asked all sorts of gifts and all of that. Um, and I guess the beauty of the fact that I don't get them is okay because we can do team. It's not all about me getting everything. I think you might relate to that, some of you. I tend to, when I put my head on a pillow, I fall asleep like that, and then I wake up. And I don't know what happened while I was asleep, but I was, it was good. And, um, but my wife, she gets dreams a lot, and um, it's wonderful to hear that. I like that verse from Joel too. And it's talking of the time when Jesus was going to come and we would get the Holy Spirit. That's what that, that's what that piece of Scripture is pointing to. When Jesus comes... You are going to receive the Holy Spirit and those things are going to happen. Well, guess what? Jesus has come. How cool is that? We get those things. They're for us to play with. That's a vineyard Wimberanism, all right? Um, but we get to play with those things. That is, have a go and try and do those things. And um, I will pour out my Spirit on every kind of people. That's every single person in this room. I don't think anybody in here is not a human, all right? Your per... <laughs> Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. So girls, you're not excluded. Your old men will dream. I'm just not old enough yet. All right? And your young men will see visions. Okay? How cool is that? That is dead set from the Word of God telling you that He's going to speak to you in dreams and visions. And that I just think that's brilliant. I really do like it, except I just don't get it. So I get to have people tell me what they hear. And I know so much of the direction of this church through leadership team... There's visions and dreams that direct the way we do things around here, which is exciting for me because it comes from God. All right, I'll move on. All right, number five, God speaks through the prophetic. I love this one. I think it's not, I think even in the vineyard church, we still don't do it enough. And I mean, when I say the vineyard church, I don't mean in here. It's okay, this is safe place, this is where we practice. But when we go out there, how much do we do it? I'm, I'm being very serious here because I don't do it anywhere enough. I just don't. I'm guilty of it. But if you read those two scriptures we've chucked up there, and I'll, I'll read them with you. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean not on your own understanding. In all the ways you submit to him, and he will make your path straight. What I try to do in my every day, wherever I am, and walking about and going about my every day, I try to say, Jesus, where are you in the room? What are you doing right now? Now, I'm no Kirk. I've never had Jesus come up to me and go, hello, Corey. Okay, I wish I could, and sometimes I've felt really like not good enough because I don't get it like Kirk gets it. I don't know if you can relate to that. I just don't get it like Kirk does. But I get it differently. I'll see a man sitting on the side of the road who really does look like he needs a lift, and Jesus says he needs a lift. Hello. And I'll drive past and go, I don't have time. I get that, all right? And I don't know if that relates to any of you, but I'm sure there's times when Jesus has told you to do things through the prophetic for people. Like I remember I was sitting just yesterday trying to prepare for this message next to another guy on a motorbike up at a lookout yesterday. And I, I had some stuff for him, but I was just too focused on this and didn't give it to him. So I do, I do, I do ignore God's voice. So if you put it back to our humanism, let's all go back to our humanism. And if you have somebody here that um, every time you go and talk to them, they ignore you, 
do you want to stop talking to them? If we put that at a human level, so let's just say every time I talk to Trent, he doesn't listen to me. Yep, he gets his phone out, whatever. Do you think I'm going to keep going to Trent to talk to him? Aren't we so blessed and so lucky that is not our Father God? I have to say, we are so blessed that he will still keep talking to us even though we stuff it up time and time again. But I, I really want to encourage you to take that bold step. To take that bold step and actually give that word to someone outside of here. I want to tell a story of um, a few years ago. I think I've already shared this probably a million times, but it's, it's probably the highlight prophetic moment for me in my walk um, as a Christian so far. And it's um, after soccer training, uh, a couple of years ago, a young lady turned up on crutches. And um, I turned to a couple of the boys in the soccer team and said, we should go pray for her. I reckon God wants us to go pray for her. And they're like, no, nah, not doing it. They're in our youth group. And I went, right, oh, well, I'm going to do it anyway because I reckon God wants us to. So we went over and prayed for her. Um, <laughs> she got healed. She did. She got healed, literally, amazingly, to the point where her parents didn't believe it. They went and got an MRI and everything was good. All right. Um, so from crutches, they still kind of made her wear crutches because they were nervous, but she was healed. They had the doctor's report saying she was healed. It just blew her away. Her response to that was to bawl her eyes out. You see, when we do this stuff, we don't do it because we're good. We don't. We do it because he's good. And so when we pray for someone else like that, we just share how awesome God is. The prophetic is all about God's love. God's love, God's love, God's love, God's love for everybody. And if we share that with other people and let those things... She was more crying about the fact that God loved her than their leg being healed, can I tell you? She was more emotional about the fact that God loved her than her leg being healed. Amazing. It was just a very big highlight for me. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 5 to 10. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Get that? Donald Trump that might be really big and high. He's coming to nothing unless he's got Jesus. All right? Every leader, unless, they, unless they've got Jesus, they're going to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined our glory before time began. When we do those things, we go against the flow. And so it does feel hard to do. Okay, so I just want to encourage you, if you're going to get into the prophetic, you've got to really listen in. It's hard. It is hard to get there. Um, you know, when the first church started doing this, I shared that one just before, and they were doing all those really cool things. You know what everyone around them said? They said they were drunk and fools they basically mocked them for the amazing stuff that was going on in their place. It's been a long time since I've been called a drunk fool for doing something for God, and it's probably about time I again go there, being a fool for Jesus. But I think the prophetic is part of that. If we're truly operating in the prophetic, we're getting a bit of that going on in our lives. All right. I'll keep moving along. God speaks through the supernatural. Um, <laughs> I was thinking a little bit about this. I actually did a Google search and came across uh, <clears throat> some other streams that don't like the supernatural too much, aka probably the stream that I've come from and, um, and many others. And um, it's quite interesting. I had a bit of a laugh when I read it because I thought, wow, they've not fully looked 
at what goes on since the early church has been established. And, um, <laughs> but let's go back into the Old Testament. You know, we've got giant fish that swallows a prophet because he was going in the wrong direction to take him in the right direction. That's kind of pretty supernatural if you ask me. Um, we've got a parting of the sea and all of those other miracles that happen around the parting of the sea so that like a million people could walk through it and then the army following it could get washed away. Oh my gosh, that's pretty big. So, yep, all right. We've got armies destroyed. If you go through the Old Testament, when, when the Israelites took the promised land, there is story after story after story of these micro armies of God's people destroying overwhelming odds only because God was in their midst. I mean, you've got the two by two on the ark as well. That's a pretty crazy story if you want. But if you go back to what Tava says, it is the foundation stone of who God is. It's real. And then if we jump into the Old Testament... Was, yeah, sorry. If we go from the Old Testament to the now, it's uh, <laughs> what Jesus left us to do, really. The New Testament. So what have we got there? We've got all, you know, blind men are seeing. We've got the lame walking. People, Paul, for example, being bitten by paws in a snake and not dying. How amazing was that? How much of a testimony was that to people around him? We've got people speaking in a tongue that all of these other different people can understand what's going on. To me, these are supernatural acts that are in the, the New Testament that are for the now. The list goes on. And it's like this. God loves to step into our lives and blow the doors off. Can I encourage each and every one of you, if you really want to start hearing God and effectively doing it, allow your box that you've placed him in to be blown apart. And let his supernatural open your eyes to so much more. He's got, he wants to do amazing things through us, with us. But we need to be able to hear what he's saying through those other filters to be able to do it. But he also, that supernatural, when you see it, like for example, um, leg being healed on young lady, even though we were telling her that God loves her, that physical fix on her leg makes God all of a sudden incredibly real in her life, doesn't it? I think for the Israelites it was pretty real when they were doing those things. And I think if you were hanging out with Jesus at the time, you would have been like, whoa, God is amazing. It would have been very, very real. Alrighty. I said I had seven, but I've actually got six. I'm not sure why, but that's okay. The other one that I was going to unpack was worship. And um, I was a bit nervous about that one. The reason why is I think worship's a vehicle into God speaking to us. A bit like me riding my motorbike. When I go for a ride on my motorbike, I really engage with God, but it's not, my motorbike's not God. But there's some lines there that I think I'm crossing over. But worship is definitely a way we can hear from God. Um, anyway, well, rather than get into trouble doing that wrong, I won't. I'll step away. I think worship is one of them. There we go. Sorted. Um, the other one that, that we, we wanted to unpack a little bit is your senses. And we thought we'd do that now. We want to do that actually out the front in front of everybody. You see, our senses play a huge part in hearing God. Um, 
And it could be that when someone speaks, you get a flutter in the heart or a tingle of the hand. It could be um, when you're sensing something, it's a smell. Or you could hear something that's of the Lord as well. So the senses are a really interesting area to hear from God with. But you just got to practice those and know that it's God speaking to you. And sometimes we're going to get it wrong. So I thought what we could do today was get it a little bit wrong. So I actually wanted to invite up the front three people who would like to practice giving a, a word from God, a bit of prophetic or whether it be an encouraging word, who'd like to have a go at doing that.